Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Devin Katayama, and you're listening to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. There have been weeks of rallies and debates over how to respond to anti-Asian violence around the Bay Area. And in Oakland, proposed solutions have exposed a divide over how much police should play a role in protecting people in Chinatown. Oakland has been kind of uh, at the forefront of this whole defund police movement. So it's really creating a lot of tension between the two groups, like the one that wants more police and the one that is saying that's not the answer. Today, why it's hard to create solutions to anti-Asian violence that will make everyone happy. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. You know, there's been a lot of, like, viral videos of like non-Asian individuals attacking or harassing Asian individuals. Julie Chang is a reporter with KQED, and she's been reporting on anti-Asian violence for weeks, especially in Oakland's Chinatown. And so uh, that led to this really large movement um, in which people were trying to address, like first acknowledge the fact that there is 
anti-Asian hate and violence happening. So that led to a ton of rallies over the past few months. When we say we keep, you say I say we keep. We keep. We keep. The rallies continue through March, and you know now we're in April, and they're still going strong. While we were having all of these conversations um, about anti-Asian hate and racism, we had the Atlanta shooting. You don't get to change the dialogue and ignore us. That's what I was really upset at with Atlanta. It was when you turn around and call it something else. When it smells like With everything that's been happening, um, people are just trying to see like where they can find safety and what safety looks like. And so we start hearing these conversations about what people think should be done. What were the range of immediate responses to this violence that you've seen so far to try to make people feel safer? So we had several different kinds of immediate responses. One of them was, okay, we're going to start the community patrol groups. So we had a lot of like volunteer-led, volunteer-powered patrol groups. And these are groups um, that get together and they walk around a neighborhood that has a large Asian population and tell them, if you need any assistance, if you need me to walk you somewhere, if you um, need me to help carry your groceries, if you need translation services, like let us know, we can help you. And then we also had another group that was calling for more policing. Um, they wanted to see increased police in their communities, and they also wanted to install more surveillance cameras. And there was crowdfunding for armed security guards for Oakland's Chinatown. I, I want to focus on the business owners in, Chi in Oakland Chinatown for a second, because after these incidents happened, we heard from some business owners who were saying that they haven't felt safe for a while. So what were some of the business owners in the neighborhood saying they needed to feel safe? Uh, the business owners thing is huge. Wang Ki Fu, he owns Ruby King Bakery in Oakland's Chinatown. He's owned uh, that bakery for more than 30 years now. When I was speaking with Wang Ki Fu, he was talking with me in Cantonese. He was really adamant about wanting armed security and very adamant about wanting police in the neighborhood. Um, he just felt that having a larger police presence helps deter crime. And so he was very happy to see the armed security there. He's like, okay, well, if we're not going to get the police force, um, we're glad that we have um, donations coming in so that we can have like at least the armed security. Did you get a sense of how other business owners were feeling in Oakland's Chinatown? Carl Chan, he is the president of the Oakland Chinatown Chamber of Commerce. Many of us are still focusing on the problems. But I think, you know, what we, we need to do is to focus on the solutions. The chamber represents about 150 members. And so he visits a lot of these businesses, like, on the daily. And when I spoke with him, he told me that every time he talks to the business owners, every time he talks to seniors, everybody is essentially saying, like, we need more police. We don't feel safe walking 
outside in the streets um, by ourselves, and we are just afraid. When people are seeing, you know, police presence uh, and, and the police, you know, uh, in the area, uh, they feel much safer. After the Atlanta shooting, he even said that some of the businesses were even afraid to open up. Uh, they were asking him, like, hey, do you think we should close the businesses early today? And so increasing police presence, increasing the security cameras, those are two of the short-term solutions. So we totally support uh, the idea to eliminate these bad apples. Mm -hmm. But we totally need to support, you know, the ones that are doing a good job. So I am all for changes. Maybe I'm speaking for myself, but when I talk to my community and, and, and many people in the Asian community, they keep saying that we need the police. Is Carl Chan concerned at all that these changes, whether it's more police or, or more surveillance cameras, could wind up actually doing some harm? I don't think so. The reason I say that is because he's like very adamant about wanting more police in the area. And so I don't think he's thinking about like long-term consequences because um, he is very focused on what do we need to do today so that our seniors and our business owners feel safe today. Many people are talking about other alternatives and they are talking about the future, we don't need the police. And let me say this, when there are no crimes, we don't need the police. When there are actually working solutions, uh, we don't need the police, and we wouldn't mind to explore the option. But they are talking about the future, and I'm talking about today, tonight, and tomorrow. At the same time that the conversations about more police in Chinatown were happening, there was also all these rallies against Asian hate that had, I feel like, a different message, right? So what were some of those things that people were saying at, at these rallies early on? They're essentially saying more police is not the answer and we need to address the root causes of crime. Uh, I am so, uh, wow, grateful and overwhelmed uh, to be with you here today. Ener Chu was one of the speakers at the rally. Ener Chu is a local activist. He is with the East Bay Asian Local Development Corporation. We live in an extraordinarily diverse city, but we're isolated from one another by language, by poverty, by lack of opportunity and imagination, and by fear and by desperation. He was saying that you need to look at why the crimes are happening in the first place. So we need to address the lack of mental health services, we need to address gentrification, we need to address poverty, and once you address uh, those root causes of crime, then um, we wouldn't be needing the increased police presence. Crime does happen, and when it does, we need to be specific and precise about identifying who is responsible and determining how they can make restitutions to the individuals and communities that they've harmed. But scapegoating groups, using blanket statements, racial profiling, those things need to be stopped also because they're wrong and because they make us less safe, not more. And you know, I think about like the elected officials who actually have to make the, the final decision. So what is the council member who represents Chinatown saying the solutions should be? So the council member that 
represents Chinatown is also the council president. Uh, it's Nikki Fortunato Bass. And Bass is also the co-chair of the Reimagining Public Safety Task Force. I think it's important that we have not only the liaison, but a foot patrol officer and the safety ambassadors. So there's also a constant presence on the street that is rooted in community and in relationship to our merchant and neighbor community. The Reimagining Public Safety Task Force has a goal of reducing the Oakland Police Department general budget by 50% and then putting that money into uh, resources that are supposed to address the root causes of crime. And those alternatives could be ambassadors, um, they could be the MACRO program, the Mobile Assistance Crisis Response for Oakland network that we are um, setting up right now. You know, for the other things that people call 911 for, that there is a very appropriate and timely response. Bass also says she's working with the Oakland Chinatown Coalition to expand the Chinatown Ambassador Program. That program has been around for a few years, but it was cut back during the pandemic. Folks who can be uh, walking the community, talking with neighbors, talking with businesses, building relationships, and assisting. I also know that you spoke with Councilmember Carol Fife, who represents West Oakland. What did she say about this issue? Carol Fife is an Oakland City Council member, and she doesn't represent Chinatown, but she is the chair of the Public Safety Committee for the City of Oakland. I'm trying to redefine what safety means. Mm-hmm. And that it's more than just safety from criminals. It's also safety from uh, individuals who've been criminalized. She really likes the idea of having the community-led patrols. Um, she doesn't want more police foot patrols in the area. But, you know, she thinks that the volunteer-led ones are helpful in deterring crime. And she actually wants them in every district. She doesn't just want them in Chinatown. I think this it, it needs to be a budget priority. And, you know, when it's a paid program and people know that it's, it's going to be there and it's just a part of the community, it helps to deter individuals who are interested in doing harm. You know, we talked about how important it is for the community foot patrols to be operated by the city, by the local government, because the volunteer-led method is just not sustainable. People do have volunteer fatigue right now. And on top of that, she and I actually had a conversation about um, like oversight, because right now there is no systemic oversight. And so we don't know what kind of sensitivity training, what kind of diversity training um, the members have undergone. And so it's like this big question of, you know, who watches the watchman? What about security cameras? Did, did she say anything about whether she was in support of security cameras or not in Chinatown? Carol Fife is open to adding security cameras. She doesn't think that it actually deters any crimes because the cameras just capture the crime after it's happened. But she's willing to budge on that. I don't want any harm to come to anyone. And I, I think if cameras make them feel like it won't, then they should have that. So they have a a sense of security. I just don't believe that it's real security. That's my personal perspective. Carol Fife and Nikki Fortunato Bass are some of the people in Oakland trying to build support for solutions that don't involve police or armed security because they believe those things would make people less safe. 
And I think there's support for these ideas, but there are also people who are against that. It's just a hard conversation to have right now. People want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate the community that's come together to do patrols and just check in on folks. I think that's important. Uh, I think there should be systems of safety that are put together that, that teach people how to look out for each other. This is a really difficult moment for Asians and Asian Americans who are all worried about themselves and their friends and their families. But there are real divisions about this issue of policing. Not all Asians have the same kind of interactions with law enforcement. And on top of that, there's a generational divide that plays a big role right now. We have the older, uh, more conservative, more traditional um, Asian Americans who want to see more police in their neighborhoods. And that's in contrast to the younger generations. They speak English more fluently. They're the ones who are saying police is not the answer. Like the language barrier has been like a pretty big one because how do you, if, if you speak English and you're grandma or grandpa doesn't, how do you have those conversations about like what the defund police movement is? Well, and you've been reporting on this for weeks at this point, um, and this is, seems to be a really sticky conversation. It definitely does not have easy answers, and it also feels like we have two groups that are not willing to budge. I don't see Carl Chan at any point saying that um, we don't need more police um, right now, because he, he did say like in the future, you know, once like all of these programs are in place where we address the root causes of crime, yes, we can start defunding police. But right now it's just like not the time to do it. And then we have like uh, the younger generation that is saying like you are criminalizing black and brown individuals um, just so that Asians can feel safe. And you, you're you essentially pitting minorities against one another. And that's just going to exacerbate the already tense situation we have at hand. I mean, and then there's the whole other layer, which uh, I'm curious to hear you talk about, but it also forces Asian Americans to contend with anti-blackness and bringing that into the conversation because it's very parallel. Um, and that seems to also be a really hard conversation to have in this moment. You know, interestingly enough, and I think it's just because I grew up in SoCal and I'm here in NorCal, but I, I personally haven't encountered any resistance to the AAPI community saying that there's anti-blackness. Like, I, I haven't heard anybody say that there isn't. There might be a disconnect as to how um, the policing issue is related to the anti-Blackness issue. So maybe those conversations need to be had, but it's also a challenge because you need to be able to have them in, like, the same language. I, I keep going back to the whole language thing. It's like, it's, it's, it's really difficult. Carol Fife is somebody that's trying to address this disconnect. I told her that one of the reasons that the seniors and the business owners in Chinatown are calling for more police and they're calling for increased uh, or more security cameras it's because they don't feel like they have a lot of solutions. They don't feel like they have a lot of options and um, they can't communicate their uh, concerns with city council. And part of it has to do with the fact that like they don't have a common shared language. Fife's response was that hearing that made her really sad. She said that she's willing to, you know, pay for her own translator and speak to people there herself and really hear their concerns. 
I will go to community meetings. I will do Zoom meetings if that makes people feel safer. I think that's key to understanding and key to coming to um, conclusions about alternative solutions is through having conversation. What are the big questions that you have on your mind going forward? I feel like when it comes to the older and younger generation, I, yeah, it, it'd be great if they would start having those conversations. I just don't know if we'll be able to reconcile our differences, right? Like I'm, I'm a Gen 1.5 um, and I talk to my parents on the phone, but we're just so different. Like our upbringings have been so different. Maybe the younger and the older generation are finally are finally going to start having these conversations. It'd be awesome if they could, because I think the older generation has a lot to share, but they just historically haven't um, for cultural reasons and whatnot. It's, it's, yeah, it's very tense right now. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. This debate about policing and anti-Asian violence is happening all across the Bay Area. Recently, police departments in both San Francisco and Berkeley announced that they've stepped up patrols in Asian neighborhoods. Meanwhile, in Oakland, the city council is considering whether to add a second liaison officer to Chinatown. Thanks to KQD reporter Julie Chang. You can follow her on Twitter. She's at Bay Area Julie. This episode was edited and mixed by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montesilio. Shailen Martos chose the music and wrote our web and social copy. Isabeth Mendoza writes our weekly newsletter. I'm Devin Kadayama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you later. I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.